the Instructor Podcast with Terry Cook, talking with leaders, innovators, experts and game changers about what drives them. Welcome to the Green Room Extra. I have forgotten what number it is, but this is a show where Chris... I always call you Chris Benstead, but whenever you pronounce it, it's uh, Brit Benstead. Um, yes. So Benstead uh, asks me okay. a question that I have no idea what it'll be about. It could be about anything from She-Hulk to a standards check. Uh, oh, I've got illustration there, kind of. Um, so yeah, and uh, let's let's see. What are you asking me today, Chris? Um, no, you just mentioned She-Hulk, and now I want to know whether we should all trademark our names just in case we become famous and then stop other people using them. I wonder if I can trademark the instructor. <laughs> that would be quite a good trademark yeah. to have. It wasn't my question, but I, it was intriguing me. Um, so I saw an awesome program the other day, which I think everybody should go and watch, which is uh, John and Joe Bishop, um, uh, Life After Death, D-E-A-F. Um, and that has, has potentially launched a, a new business idea for me and my my business coaching side um, of, of working with people, trying to diversify their customer base and such. Um, and I wondered whether we should let blind people drive. No, sorry, it wasn't the question. I just suddenly thought it was really cool. Um, no, the question you made my is, head hurt, though. You made my head hurt. I just, that just amused me. Um, sorry, the question is, um, do we do enough as individual business people to engage with, to make, make life equal as, as possible for people who can't engage with the world in the same way that we do? Massive caveat before I answer this. Massive caveat. There are some, uh, if we're talking specifically to our industry, I'm presuming, uh, yes, I, yeah. I think businesses in general, but I, th I think you know we know our industry, so yeah. Yeah. Uh, so massive caveat: there are some people who are phenomenal at this in our industry. Um, I know that in terms of the theory stuff that you do, Chris, uh, that you know you do it. There are people out there like Hayden Jenkins and, and others that do it. Uh, disability driving. Um, some amazing people out there that do it. So caveat. There are some. Um, generally, no. We are nowhere near good enough, and I include myself in that massively. Uh, and he can even give you an example of this podcast in you cannot, or uh, I'll rephrase that, you could not uh, interact with this podcast if you were deaf. Fair. Until recently when I started putting transcripts out. Now, I don't ever want to go down the route of having a video out for every episode because that's just too much work and it takes away from the idea of it being a podcast. It then becomes a video and that's a different situation. But that's the reason why I put the transcripts out is so that people that, that uh, are deaf or that struggle with hearing can actually still gain the information from the show. Regarding the actual driving side of it, I provide nothing. I have... I can't lip read. I mean, I can a little bit because my hearing isn't great, but I can't uh, use sign language. I don't speak different languages. I have no adaptation, adaptations, adaptions to the car uh, for, for anything disability-wise. Um, I learn stuff as I go. 
So when I got my first client in that had panic attacks, I learned from them and learned how to handle stuff like that going forward. But but generally, uh, no, I think that because, um, and maybe I'm talking slightly out of place here, but because I and others like me don't struggle with certain things that we go, oh, why do I need to do X, Y, and Z then? Yeah. No, I and, and you, you were very kind about me and the theory work. And, uh, you know, I, I said to you the other day, I'm working with someone who is deaf, and this has opened my eyes to lots of things. Um, I, I was saying no. Uh, her mum phoned me. Uh, another instructor had, had refer, referred uh, across, as often happens, you know, someone needing help. Uh, mum said she's deaf, and I went, I can't do that. I work on Zoom. Um, everything I do is really audio-based. Um, it's not going to work. And the fear stopped me from, from, from doing it initially. But she was very open to giving it a go. And, and you know, I, I've got this funny thing where I suddenly rise to a, a challenge just to kind of prove that I can't. Um and it was like, well, if I've done it and then I fail, I know I I know I can't do it. And I can say, well, I did try. She's awesome. Um, I, it wouldn't work with everybody, but with her, she she is amazing. Absolute respect for her. Um, and I have learned more than she has. Um, and I I realised I wasn't actually stepping up, and I wasn't you know do, doing so in that way. So. Um, I think we can all open our eyes a bit, but watching the program uh, about John Bishop and his and his son, I, I realised how little I knew uh, about it at all. Um, and and that I do, I kind of sit in my own little bubble, and I quite enjoy you know knowing what I know. And and as you said, when someone comes along that that's got a need, yeah, I I will do what I can, and I'll learn from from there. Um, it's one of the things that the is the how do I word it? One of the things that a lot of PDIs fail on the part one is about the disabilities, particularly deaf pupils on the on the test coming up up on the part one. So I think it's something we should, you know, trainers need to engage with a bit more. Um, that's coming up a lot. But I would you would you try and learn sign language? I, I tried and I, I'm really crap at learning languages. I figured out. It, yeah. It's something I want to do, uh, and it's something I've been thinking about for a little while. Um, the excuse is finding time, but yeah, yeah, I watched two episodes of Falling Skies last night, so I could have found time. Um, but yeah, the, uh, the big thing for me is, as you said, and, and I'm, I'm guilty of this, someone comes to us, we'll find a way to help, but why are we not more forthcoming? Why are we waiting for someone to come and say, this is hard for me, can you help me? Rather than us saying, we will help whatever. I, mean, I know this is completely different, but this is it's just sprung in my mind. Um, uh, Robin Jacoby, uh, who was with G. Sabini Roberts doing the Queer Box thing way back in, in season one. When I yes. spoke to Robin, um, we were talking about the LGBTQ uh, plus community. And they were saying that they'd seen a sticker in a cafe window that said LGBTQ plus friendly or, or whatever it was. And they then felt comfortable going in that cafe. 
whereas the cafes next to it didn't have those stickers. Yeah. So they didn't know whether they would be welcome in there. Now, I know you can't necessarily have stickers all around the car saying, welcome this person, welcome this person, but we can be more visually welcoming. That doesn't mean that we have to have um, – what's the – is it adaptions or adaptations? What's the word I'm looking for? Adaptations. Adaptations. It doesn't mean we have to have adaptations in our car ready, but we could be talking about this stuff online. You know, this is stuff that, as instructors, we could talk about. You know, if we get a – a student that's artistic, we could be discussing that online, obviously not naming the student unless they wanted to, but we could be talking about, we welcome, at TC Drive, I welcome autistic students. I've got experience working with autistic people. And if I can't help you, then I will recommend someone or whatever it is. You know, we can welcome people in without having to make the whole world a more complicated place for us. And, why don't we do that? It, it goes back to almost what we were saying on, on the, the, the regular Green Room episode about this idea of the world not being fair. Let's, well, let's make it more fair. Why doesn't it have to be... Why can't we just be nicer? And people will turn their nose up at that, and people will call me a snowflake and or whatever, but why can't we just be nicer? Why can't that when we see someone struggling, we look to help them rather than sit behind beeping your horn or, or whatever the situation may be? And, you know, I'm glad you asked me that question because it's got me thinking and it's now got me thinking about what I can do in my school that's that's different and, and what I can do with a podcast that's different. And I think that there's so much that I'm not doing that I could be. And I think that's the thing. Because I can, I should, because some people can't. Yes. I uh, know absolutely I love that and 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 that's that's been my awakening and, and and I think both of us would have said we're fairly open and and aware but actually I I think I've been aware and not acting and I'm really keen to to do more and and, and just change things and say I'm 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 opening out outside of our industry to deal with other businesses and and seeing how helping them engage in how because sometimes as you said people can't so uh uh, it's it's um it's something that's I'm 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 enjoying the process at the moment. So uh, I yeah was interested to know what you uh, what you felt. Well, as this is a bonus episode going out as a special one for my birthday, uh, uh, which is on the first of October. If anyone wishes to send me any money, you're more than welcome. I'm not doing a charity this year; just send it straight to me. Uh, I'm skin. I've just moved. Um, but uh, Chris, would because it is a special bonus episode, would you like to ask a second question? What is, yes, sorry, yes is the answer to the question. <laughs> right. Well, I, 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 I had one. I didn't know you were going to ask, but I had one in my head. Um, what is the best birthday present that you've ever had? Oh, right. Immediately, I thought Commodore 64, but I believe that was for Christmas, not birthday, so I will rule that out. That's a really good question. Oh, the best birthday present I ever received was the final novel in the Dark Tower series by Stephen King because I did not know it was out. I was really late to the party for that book. Uh, yeah, for that whole series, which is seven books long, and also the greatest series of books ever written. Uh, That's how by Stephen King. Check him out. You'll fall in love um, by the greatest writer of all time, clearly. And, uh, yeah, so I just finished... Literally the day before my birthday, I'd finished the book six, which I remember rightly is a song of Susanna, but that could be wrong either way. Um, just finished book six, not knowing that the final book, book seven, was out. 
And then the next day, my girlfriend at the time gave me the final Dark Tower book. And it's like, listeners, I'm doing a visual view <laughs> now. It was like this wide. And it was ridiculous. But I read it in about three days. And that was by far, I believe, that I'm allowed to discuss on air <laughs> the best birthday present I have ever received. Nice. What's the best birthday present you've ever received, Chris? Because it was your birthday recently. It, it, yes, I, I skipped one. Well, firstly, I was 37 three times, which was, yeah, odd. I lost count. And <laughs> to do it once is understandable. But, yeah, three times I was 37. I finally got, got it correct. Um, and then, obviously, this year, 43 disappeared because um, people were focused on, on uh, the Queen's funeral. So I, I skipped that one. So I don't know what age I am anymore. But my favourite was my 40th um, because uh, I, I got a whole raft of, of um, alphabet presents, one, one present for each letter of the alphabet, um, which some of them were really, really crap and some of them were great and some of them were really personal. But just I think for the effort that's gone into a, a set of presents, I'm cheating, um, I... I I appreciated that more than I possibly appreciated anything else um, that that I've had. Um, you know, I, I, yeah. But uh, there's, there's been, you know, I've, I've been really lucky, and I don't want to undermine any of the other presents that I've had. But that's the one that always stands out as being, you know, I, I probably appreciated it more because of the effort that went into it. Um, yeah. I am happy to undermine all the other presents I've had. <laughs> it was the darts outlook. Um, how old do you feel? Depends on what day of the week it is. Um, I, I, I don't think I'm 43. Um, I, I, in my head, I, I'm probably in my early 30s still. Um, and, and then the kids turn up and, and, and they remind me. Um, and I here's, here's a slightly sharing too much story um i i disco because you're you're entering into this whole 40 thing so you know 30 was fine with me as a driving instructor there's an issue though you hit 31 and it really hurts because you tell people not to go over 30 all day long and, <laughs> and that, that one scarred me for a, a good while um so i'm not good at these big birthdays but we were on holiday and i'd taken the little one down to the pool and I spotted two grey chest hairs. And that was like, that's the next evolution of my life is me going grey. And my, my five-year-old now tries to point out every single grey hair that I've got. Oh, I've got some stuff to come back to there. So first of all, um, I am very much looking forward to going grey. Because uh, I've gone bald, obviously. So I'm, I want to go grey. What, what, what have you got left to go grey? <laughs> well, I've got the beard. I want the beard to go grey, and I've got several grey hairs, but I want a proper like silver fox kind of feel going on. I'm still, um, holding, I'm still holding on to getting the the, the flashes down the side and the front of um, yeah, Mister Fantastic, but I don't think it's happening. Well, you never know. Um, also, I feel twenty five. Definitely feel twenty five. I've had that number. I, I, I feel exactly the same as we were twenty five. My knee doesn't, but the rest of me feels 25. And the, the last thing on that, um, oh, what was the other one we were saying? 
I don't know, my mind's gone blank. We'll have to leave it there. I feel That's 25. Great. Oh, that was it. Uh, 80. Right. I had a goal when I was young that I wanted to live to 80. That was my only goal to get to 80. If I hit 80, I'm happy with that. So when I say hit 40, I'm then past halfway. So it's like that. I don't like that. I don't like the fact that I'm now closer to death than I am birth. That it's that disturbs me slightly. Downhill from now, isn't it? Really? Yeah. So, anyway. Yes. Let's leave that there. If you are listening to this before October the 2nd, make sure you come and say hello at the Expo. If you are listening after the October the 2nd, uh, hope you had a wonderful time at the Expo. Um, okay. Anything you want to say, Chris? Uh, no, in- enjoy and happy birthday, Terry. I won't sing, um, but I hope you have a very good birthday. Thank you, and uh, thank you all for listening. The Instructor Podcast with Terry Cook. Talking with leaders, innovators, experts and game changers about what drives them.